Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Grabbing the bull by the horns and the bear by the balls. <laughs> Did I do that? Yeah. Deep it up, Andrew? <laughs> nice and throaty. That's what I'm talking about. Who gave us that catchphrase? That was, um, <laughs> that was R. Win Delel with three L's. Is that on Twitter? Yeah. All right. I Thank hearted you. it. Thank you, Arwin Delil. Arwin Delil. Mm. Going with that. You know, Twitter, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, like, is Twitter, uh, you know, going to die or something? And so they change a star to a heart and everything's hey, fixed. Company saved. Basically. Paradigm shift. I didn't really get what a star meant. Favorite? What? No, I like it. Thank you. I actually. I, I heart it. I, th- I thought it was dumb that everyone was like, oh, my God, so happy that Twitter made their stars in the hearts. But it does make sense hmm. because when I got on Twitter, which was 2009, because I'm dead, um, the favorite thing, I thought the favorites list was like supposed to be a list for you to save tweets you wanted to see later. Like, hmm. And you, you can still do that. You can still go see your liked tweets. But for me, like for a while, I wouldn't favorite tweets because I was like, well, no, favoriting is for me like to if somebody tweets an article that I want to save it's like an RSS reader or like a, you know, or, my, or like what delicious mm-hmm. they used to use. Save for later. Uh, yeah. Now like Pinboard or, or Pocket or whatever. And now it makes more sense. Now I can just tweet, hey, I ate a burrito and it was good and someone can heart it because I, I don't know why they would heart it, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking, man? Um, I am drinking the other half of a vanilla porter from Breckenridge Brewery in Fine, Colorado. Did you know that I ate at Breckenridge Brewery recently? No shit. Was it good? Mm-hmm. What'd you get? It was good. I just got a burger. Is that what it was called on the menu? Just a burger? Just a burger. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, it was the, sorry to get your hopes up, but it's just a burger burger. Mm. No, I don't think it was called that. But yeah, they had all their all their beers. And uh, I went there with Matt and Stephanie and our friend Ben uh, on our ski trip. And it was pretty good. Um, you know, for all the beer imagery and sound that we have in this podcast, mm. including the, the the new ad music we have. That's like cool, the, right? Yeah. Did you like design that or did you commission someone to make that for you or what? Laura is very clever. And okay. and it was just a lot of googling and the the first ad for her to get it up took like I don't know hours to yeah. figure it out yeah well it sounds good uh, but for all that like I hardly ever drink anything alcoholic in this podcast anymore because not not because I don't drink but because we always record at like two p.m. <laughs> and I'm like I'm gonna drink later like at seven but not now but to humor you I have a drink today. Oh, I do. I have some uh, Crown Royale, and it's mm. the uh, the apple flavored Crown Royale. Oh, it's so good. If if you like a, you have you ever had like a one of those like caramel apple suckers? Yeah, it tastes like that. Really? Yeah, and it's like the only flavored whiskey that I've ever liked enough to not buy scotch instead. So yeah, it's it's kind of a go to now. I don't like their maple. I don't like their honey. I don't like their regular, but the apple man. So you came up with the topic for today's episode, but I guess it sort of came from a tweet question we got, right? Yeah. So we got this tweet from Alexa and uh, 
And, and and so just to preface it, I don't want to only focus on her question. I want to take it broader, but I really made yeah. me think. So she said, or she asked, how many side hustles are too many? Focusing on one thing is important, but I'm too excited by all the ideas. WTD, question mark. And I had to go search Urban Dictionary to find out what WTD is. What to do? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> What would Andrew do? WWAD. We're going to go with that. WWAD. <laughs> we can get some bracelets made, you know, get like hats and stuff. Is it just a coincidence Whack. that says WAD? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think not. Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I would like to start with her question just so we can answer her question. I know we, we gave her some tweet answers. Uh, we can take this much broad, much more broadly, but for side hustles, I knew a girl who worked at the uh, big financial company that I did my internship at Mm. and I got to talking to her and she said, yeah, after work, I have like three kind of little entrepreneurial things I do. Uh, Cause she was like, I think she like fixed people's cars and she was like selling makeup or something. She like all like these little independent consultant things or her own little things. And she was totally fine doing that. Mm. Oh, and she, I think like her family owned a racetrack or something that she also helped run Hmm. and she was perfectly happy doing all that stuff. So her example, I think speaks to the fact that if it makes you happy, you can have a ton of side hustles. You know, if it keeps you busy, that's totally fine. Where you get into murky territory is when you want to build something that's going to gain its own momentum, you know, build an audience or have some like recurring revenue, have some sort of infrastructure that's going to keep making money. That's when you really need to buckle down and focus, I think, because the more time you spend on like the other interest you have, the longer it's going to take for your main project to gain momentum and the less likely that it ever will, especially if you've got a job. You know, uh, so you said she was like fixing people's computers and stuff. And I could totally see that as everyone knows that Thomas is a computer dude. And so if they know you or know someone who knows you and then you eventually just get a call, hey, can you fix my computer? You're like, yeah, $5,000. And then you go and you, you do it. No, I'm not going to fix your computer. <laughs> Don't listen to him. So, so call Thomas. <laughs> but but the thing is, like, then the work comes and it's there. And, you know, it was like word of mouth. I mean, I guess you could build a website to promote yourself. Um, I, I feel like uh, I get that. And that's maybe different. You know, or like, say you were going to um, write for people. And, I mean, we, we could always use writing and we pay writers. And I know you do. Um but like if you were trying to, I guess, yeah, like you said, maybe build a thing, you need to you need to focus. Writing's fine. And I, I think this is this is not the same as as chasing too many tales at once because we've got people like Kat Alford, who's mm-hmm. been on our show many times. Um, Asia Frost, who has been on my show. She's I I would be surprised if you have not read her writing somewhere on the internet, even if you hadn't seen her name on there. She's just out of college and she's killing it just writing for all these different publications the, because both cat and Asia are building a craft mm. and, and a reputation for, for themselves. So yeah, it's like it all feeds back into their reputation as mm. a writer. So you can write for multiple publications. You can, you know, build websites for multiple clients. I don't consider that multiple side hustles. I consider it a multiple side hustles when you're like 
I got my digital photography blog over here and I also fix people's computers on the side and build custom computers and sell them. And I also have a lawn mowing business. I'm trying to keep afloat like that's multiple side hustles. Mm. And this actually leads into something that we, we kind of teased in last week's episode where you told me you just closed on your first rental property. Mm-hmm. So you have the rental side hustle going. <laughs> and I know we did this episode about uh, uh, Amazon dude, you're stuff. Awesome you're awesome like, for calling my, my, me and my shit. Yeah. So, so go, you're continue. Like, me and Laura, we're, me, Laura and I want to get into like finding a supplier and selling products on Amazon. We're going to do rental properties. We're going to do LMM. So you're like definitely not the poster child for focus, focus, focus. It's it's so funny. I was talking to Laura. Uh, we were having lunch today, and I was talking about the episode, and she was basically like, uh, "No one should listen to you because you don't do this." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, but in like a broader sense." So I I get it, right? Yeah. Um, and I I think that look, dude, you've been working on College Info Geek for a very long time. And, you know, you have a lot of, what you, how would you say, six years, seven six years? Six years. Six years. That's yeah. that's longer than my cat's been alive. So that's mm-hmm. a long time. Um, <laughs> Collegeinfogeek.com, older than a cat. <laughs> older than Angie's cat. It should be your tagline. <laughs> uh, but, but I know that you also put your time into other things as well. Um, I put my time into this. Mm-hmm. So you could consider. I actually didn't even think of that for some reason. To be a different side hustle. Mm -hmm. See, I was going to say that given your proclivities for jumping into everything that our guests talk about, I would say that I am better at focusing on my thing than you potentially. Here's the thing, Thomas, is I find you as a very focused guy. Um, I, I know a lot about you and I think, uh, people listening and it'll come through in the show like that. You are very focused. However, you do have a lot of like balls in the air. You're juggling yeah. a lot of things. And when I think about this, see, the, the way that I operate is I'm always trying to do things that feed back into benefiting me in a very similar way. I don't know if that makes sense because I just strung together some words, but let me explain. I podcast on this show. I podcast on my show. I do videos. I write articles. Um, I wrote my book. I go speak. All of that builds the business of Thomas Frank, the guy who knows about college and money and careers and stuff. All of that helps get people back to my website. I would say like there's a there's a proportion of people who listen to this show who go, Tom sounds relatively not like a dipshit. Maybe I'll check out his (laughs) website. You know, not all of them. Maybe there's like six. Maybe my mom's one of them. And, and of we them actually do. never discussed this, but I always knew that was why you were doing it is because <laughs> like, it's a broader reach. It's actually not like I can honestly say I do not do this show and I have to, I have to split this up. I do not purposefully do this show to benefit my own business. Mm. Like I legitimately took on the co-hosting role because when you and Matt decided to stop and take the break for a while, I really didn't want to see this show stop. That was 98 episodes ago, though, dude. So I could totally get that. I could totally get that. Like for, and I'm in like side rails for a second. I can get this for like for like the first 20 episodes, but the other 80 episodes, we had to deal with looking at my face. (laughs) (laughs) What if I just like your face, Andrew? This whole project was really because I have just wanted to have like a thing I do with someone else. Mm -hmm. When I started doing LMM, I didn't have Martin on the team. Didn't have Anna on my team. CIG was me. 
And it can get a little bit lonely to do your own thing, solopreneur it, mm-hmm. and have no collaboration with somebody else who kind of thinks the same way you do, has like the same kind of level of ambition mm-hmm. and all the same goals. And I really enjoy having that, you know, even if it means I have to sink hours into a project that isn't technically mine, it's worth it to me. So, so I did want to say like, though I don't come into doing this show with the intent to like benefit my business, doing it has actually benefited my business greatly, just inadvertently. So, so you would say that you're actually then still very focused because it's all the same Pie. Yeah, like that whole interview with Fox News that mm. came through this show, but it ended up helping promote my business somewhat. So, so okay, it all kind of feeds back. But if it was like, if it was like, you know what, I'm gonna pick up some hours as a figure skating coach mm. because I have my pre bronze now. Um, I could probably pick up my bronze and then get a coach certification like low level and then make a little bit of money. That helps me. Zero percent, none whatsoever. Build College Info Geek, other than me being like, "Hey, eight-year-old girl who I'm coaching, why don't you go to my college website?" Like that does nothing for me. So every hour I would invest in that would do nothing to benefit my main focus. And if I had a full-time job, I would have to ask myself which side hustle needs to get all the focus. If you're, if those are the kinds of things you're thinking about, because. Videos, podcasts, articles, doing another podcast, that all feeds back. But like an extra side hustle, you know, in a completely different let area. Me, let that me ask you this, dude. You say you have a job, right? Mm-hmm. And your ultimate goal is like you you hope that at some point, who knows, seven years, you know, co- like the length of College Info Geek, uh, that uh, you're not going to have a job, right? You're going to work for something in seven years, part time, maybe it'll whatever. Um, do you like, can you allow yourself to work on multiple things? Like, did you think that yeah. you could do that? Like you think you could make a so go I at it? Can I have never been primarily motivated by money. Mm. So maybe I don't have like the requisite experience with the motivation here to say like, I need X amount of dollars. I want to leave my job. I need to try things. I know of someone who did, Uh, If you listen to the Cortex podcast, this is what CGP Gray, who's a YouTuber, that was his goal. He was a teacher. He wanted to do something that would let him work independently. YouTube was not the first thing. His first idea was, I'm going to be a productivity consultant and help people implement getting things done into their workflow. And his, I think like the first video on his channel is something like that. Mm. And then that didn't work out. And then he made the video about explaining the UK, which went viral. And he's like, okay, I guess making viral YouTube videos is the thing. And then, um, he talks about during the podcast, he had like this specific goal in mind. I'm going to get 200,000 subscribers. Once I hit that, I think I'll be able to relatively securely leave my job. So at first he was experimenting with a few things. And then once one was promising, he's like, okay, I, I have some promise here. There's some results, uh, initial results. I'm going to dump all my focus into it and try to make it the thing that helps me get out of my job. And I think that's the kind of focus you have to take with it. Yeah. You can have this initial kind of vague motivation of, but you definitely have to focus is what you're saying. Yeah. You can experiment up, you know, in the beginning, cause you don't know what the thing is going to be mm. like your side hustle by definition is going to be 
different from your job unless you're like, um, oh, who, who's the guy we had on the show recently who basically built a job for himself that was exactly like his day job? I forget oh, uh, Justin Crane. Justin Crane, right. So he had a financial business of some sort where he was working for the man, and then he was able to take all of his old clients. He became the that. man. He became the man for himself, brought pretty much all of his old clients over, and now he works for them independently, right? You can do that. But if you want to do something outside of your industry, then you're kind of mucking about. Now, I think it's a good idea to take some of the skills you have from your past lives, from your job, from your education, or whatever you have to sort of, you know, narrow down the field and maybe match your interests with something you're good at. But if it's a side hustle, I mean, you have some kind of time in the beginning where you're in total cockroach mode to try things out. But mm. once you kind of get some initial results on one of them, you're doing yourself no favors by trying to keep your fingers dabbled in all like 10 things you're doing. You need so, to kind of be like, all right, this is the one. If I really want to get out of my job, if I really want it to become self-sustaining, I got to go out all out on it. I, I agree with you. I want to maybe like, um, I feel like defend myself a little bit and I want to, exp- <laughs> I want to actually I want to defend myself two times. Can I so, try to defend you for you? Yeah. I, do you know what I'm going to defend myself against? I, uh, I don't know, but mm. I have a probable guess. Tell me. So with both the Amazon thing, if you happen to do that, you haven't actually done that yet, but you have bought your first rental property. Mm. The rental property is something you can spend a finite fixed amount of time on purchase. And now you have an asset that is creating profit for you. You can hire a turnkey property management firm to deal with most of the work for you. And hopefully over time it provides a return. Mm. So the ongoing work is essentially nil. So you spend a little bit of time getting that asset set up. It becomes a passive asset, right? So you're not committing yourself to a side project or a side hustle that is going to, on an ongoing basis, take away time you can spend on LMM. Plus the fact that it's a financial thing. You can talk about all the things you're learning and doing with the rental property. So that's, on that's LMM. kind of, so that's kind of it. And I think it's like the bonus of talking on, on LMM, but I mean, granted the show is about money. So, you know, I'm like driven about money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm doing this stuff anyways. And so it's kind of like my passion that I'm, I'm sharing. Uh, and I want to talk, I want to talk on that in a second, but to like back up. Cause um, I, I also don't think that I'm primarily driven by money or, or maybe I am driven by money in the sense that I find it really fun. Like um, you play monopoly and you're not rich at the end. You accumulate money as like a means of keeping score. Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of um, how I gauge what I, I, I'm just, I don't know. It's it's, I love RPGs. So I'm yeah, building yeah. my stats is the way and I kind of, I don't want you to feel like I believe that you are motivated only by money. That's that's not actually what I'm trying to say here. No more than but 80%. What I, is, <laughs> what I think is some people start out with like their initial motivation is I don't like my job. And it's not because I don't like the people at my job. It's not because I don't like the work, but I don't like the fact that I have to have a job where mm. I'm beholden to someone else. I want to make enough money. That's like the resource to enable freedom. So freedom is the real motivator. I think that's really what it is for you, Mm. but it's not like you're already doing your own thing and that's kind of bringing its own motivational pull. It's really like 
raw freedom is what's driving you when you set out. I never had that because I started building CIG in college when I had no idea what I was going to do. And I certainly wasn't like, oh, if CIG gets big enough, I'm going to drop out of college. Mm. Like I fully planned on completing my education. It just so happened that CIG became self-sustaining shortly before I graduated. So it's like, Okay, this is where my passion is. I and, built and it. Dude, I'm this this right is like it. the the me right here because I hear the story and I imagine many other people hear the story and the the first thing I feel is I wish that when I was in college because I did have sites and projects that I just continued on one of them cuz yeah. I I to a degree I I really believe that if you do anything for 6 years it's going to be something like shit mm-hmm. and just the the talent that you're going to build, like the raw talent you will build by sticking to one thing. And I don't mean like sticking to the exact same day in and day out. Like that's certainly beneficial. But CIG exposed me to so many different disciplines that all fed back into building this project, coding, speaking, writing, all that kind of stuff, whether or not it did well. If you're a business owner, having the resources you need to support and grow your company means everything. That's why you need to know about Silver Rock Funding. Silver Rock Funding has access to millions of dollars in new private investor capital and lends to established businesses. They aren't bankers in three-piece suits. Their investors view businesses with a refreshing approach, looking beyond credit scores to find funds to help you grow. Do you have current assets? Maybe accounts receivable? Do you accept credit cards? These could all factor into the approval process. If you own an existing business and have been making at least $10,000 a month and need cash, then check out Silver Rock Funding. If you call now, you can get the funding you need, whether it's $5,000 or $500,000. Funding typically happens within 48 hours. To get started, call 1-800-688-2418. That's 1-800-688-2418. Get the capital you need to grow your business. So, dude, I want to take a step back. I want to explain maybe my approach a little bit, and Mm -hmm. then I want to directly tie... I want to pull it out of small business and into, like, the dude who's... or, or dudette who's just starting learning finance today, because... I think one of the things that Laura and I have become very good at are short-term projects mm-hmm. where like, so for example, selling our other condo and buying this condo was an insanely drawn out pain in the ass process. It was a lot of work. Um, we tend to collaborate well on things like that, but there's like a goal line. So you're sprinting it out. You finish the project and then you like don't do anything for like two weeks and you just like recuperate. Yeah. And so the rental property was like that. Um, and then to be honest, it wasn't even that much work. Um, but a lot of these like financial things that like the reason I'm really excited in the um, Amazon FBA possibly sourced from like a drop shipper or a wholesaler is that you can project style front load the effort, mm-hmm. you know, kind of drop something in place and then go on to something else. Right. And that'll kind of yeah. just work. Hopefully. I'm actually really bad at that. So I wish I had a brain that was geared towards, 
I'm going to make a project with a deadline and then move on. But I don't. My brain's like, oh, you just started doing this thing. Well, you're going to do that forever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I have a podcast. Well, that's never going to end. And now I do videos. Well, that's never going to end. And you got to be consistent. So it's once per week. The the project I'm working on right now, quote unquote, is um, almost it's like two and a half months ago coming up on. I decided I would read 25 pages a day Mm -hmm. for three months without fail. So it's like, I'm going to do that. And then after three months, then maybe I won't have to read every day. But that's not what my brain says. My brain's like, nah, now you read every day Mm. forever. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Like reading is definitely useful, but I do wish I could kind of get more into your frame of mind where it's like, we're going to tackle this thing and then we'll see what happens. I think, um, one thing that you did touch on, and I think it's like the crux of, of it all, is is the consistency mm-hmm. piece. Um, when I was I was like trying to come up with the idea, and I was like, how, how are we gonna tie this into like a broader sense of learning finance? I imagine someone coming to they're they're making money and they're spending money, um, and they have they have no investing knowledge, no budgeting knowledge. They maybe they have debt, they don't get it. Uh, the the entire thing is completely overwhelming, right? Yeah. And you could spend five minutes every day on your debt, on your budget, on investing, on and and you will never accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I think it's important to focus. But then you have to be consistent where it's like if you're going to focus on budgeting, right, then every X, every week or every two weeks, or every month, you have to do that, you know, to keep it like in shape. Yeah. So maybe you're like saying, OK, um, I have to plug spending links. I have to know where my money's going. All right. You have identified a mission for yourself. So right now you're not going to worry about investing. You're not going to worry about 529 savings accounts or Amazon FBA or whatever, you're like, I have decided to devote myself to knowing where my money goes, being on top of it, plugging my spending leaks. Mm-hmm. So my mission for the next two months maybe is I'm going to either record my transactions daily or I'm just going to use like Mint or something. And then at the end of every week, I'm going to go through and I'm going to go through, I'm going to look at every transaction I made and circle the ones I think were like bad decisions and start to kind of get a picture for where my money's going. That's what I'm gonna do for two months. Maybe even you use something like I use, like I use uh, habitica.com mm. to check off all of my daily habits that I have to do, you know, and that, that keeps me accountable. Then at the end of your two months, you can be like, okay, I've done that. And Hopefully, you can see the I've progress integrated this into my habits. I've got systems built that now runs itself with minimal effort. I can now take my free time that I've gained from not having to do that anymore and move on to the next thing. Okay, mm. now maybe my next mission is pick some investments instead of auto investing systems. That should take a couple of weeks maybe, you know, or even less. I think this is, yeah, this is the financial angle of this whole discussion here where you just get into finance, you just get into personal finance and there's 10,000 podcasters, including two guys who drink beer on the air and think they know what they're talking about. And <laughs> no one here listens. Million authors of books who all want to tell you about how they manage their money mm-hmm. coming on here. It can seem like everyone is just throwing zillions of things you should do at you and you don't know which one to choose. So I think the best thing you can do 
is just kind of brain dump a list of every question you might have, every challenge you might be facing, and then try to identify like what's the most painful thing right now mm. or what's the thing that kind of sticks in my mind the most and make and, that your mission. Dude, I'll be honest. If you listen to every episode and you try and do everything that we discuss, like it's just not going to work. Like mm-hmm. the, like we talk, I mean, any individual thing is feasible and really try hard to filter you know what we convey but like the you know we talk about amazon fba one day and we'll talk about i don't know buying on ebay and selling on amazon another day or just any ways to make money or starting a website and the thing is like so many people just say they can't and i i just feel like well then fine fuck you. I'm going to come up with all the ideas. I'm going to like lob every idea at you. And then how could you tell me that you can't like, yeah, I'm just going to tell you how to do all of it. Yeah, exactly. This is, I'm going to make up a term right here. Cause I don't actually call it this, but now I do. It's like the, the self helpers paradox. I get tripped up by this sometimes because we're on a schedule. We're doing shit weekly. So every single week we're coming out with an episode that's full of personal finance tips and interviews with people. Every single week I'm putting out podcasts on my college show with like, here's how to be more productive or save money or whatever. And even though I'm putting that stuff out every single week, it does not mean that I personally am practicing every single one of those productivity mm-hmm. tips and every single one of those financial tips. And it doesn't mean that I expect you to do all those things either. Yeah. Dude, we just finished recording an episode about being a mom and neither of us will ever be a mom. I'm not a mom. Yep. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not mom. So what it really is, is like, there's so much noise out there. Your responsibility is to become an excellent filter of that noise mm. uh, and capture what's useful store it in your systems so you can access it later when it's more relevant to you. But really you can only take action on a couple things at once. There's this fake story. You maybe have heard this. Um, it's not true or at least Warren Buffett is not the person who, who gave this advice, but the story goes that Warren Buffett's personal pilot was asking him like, Hey, how do you be successful? Uh, and Warren's like, all right, I'm gonna have you do an exercise. I want you to write down like the 25 biggest goals you have in your life. Everything you want to do, everything you dream of doing. So the guy goes and does it, does it, not does it, writes his 25 goals down. And then Warren's like, cool, man, go ahead and circle the five that you care the most about. So he does that. He comes back and he says, all right, I think I get it now. So the five that I circled are the ones that I need to dedicate most of my time to. And the other 20 I can just maybe do here or there, but they're not as important. And Warren's like, nope. The 20 you didn't circle have now just become your avoid at all costs list. Mm -hmm. Everything there, that represents a bunch of interests that have enough pull on your attention that they will distract you and derail you from the things that really truly matter. So you have to deliberately not do those things. Avoid them at all costs. Remind yourself, I can't be doing those things because they're going to take away from the most important things. So like I said, that there has never been any proof that he's that he's the one who told that story. But I think it's valuable anyway. And that's pretty I, powerful the way you do. I had actually read that before and I was like, and and the the do not do list I completely forgot. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I heard that and then um I happened to check Derek Sivers' website because I love Derek Sivers. And he had this concept of a now page. And basically it's like, it's like you can go to his sivers.org slash now. And he's just written up this very brief statement. He's like, right now I'm living in uh, Singapore, I think. 
I am teaching myself programming. I'm answering emails from people and I'm hanging out with my family and I'm not taking interviews. I'm not taking on extra projects. This is what I'm doing now. I'll come back here and I'll update this page if I decide to change my focus. So I made one for myself. Uh, it's at collegeinfogeek.com slash now. And it says it's basically just a carbon copy. It's like, hey, I'm living in Des Moines, hanging out with my friends, learning figure skating. I'm making videos and podcasts. And uh, I don't remember exactly what's on there right now. But it's basically like a statement of I have decided to focus on these things. And I can go back there and remind myself if I decide to try to like shift my focus. Like, man, I really need to get into Amazon FBA. I really <laughs> need to become a mom. No, I'm going to go back and look at that and be like, you're focusing on these things. And if you want to focus on something else, you got to change the page. You know, if you make enough money from Amazon FBA, you could become a mom. (laughs) (laughs) There are surgeries. We have the technology. (laughs) So that's kind of my take on the focus angle here. So how much is too much when you start, I guess, to maybe like tie a bow on it? Because you have interests, hobbies. I mean, dude, you figure skate. There's nothing to do with anything else of whatever. But I enjoy it. Right, but you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. If I was working a full-time job and trying to build my website, I might not be spending as many hours doing that and being at the gym and everything else, you know? So I think it's it's funny. Like the, the more successful you get with your own business the more likely I think it is for you to create content around the importance of taking a break from your work Mm. or focusing on your personal life and your health and all that kind of stuff. And like when you're, when you're younger and you're scrappier and you haven't built it up yet, then you're just more like, you got to hustle, man, you got to make sacrifices. And now that I've established my business, I can't forget the fact that there was a time in my life where I prioritized the hustle, Mm. you know? And maybe I would have been a little bit more deliberate about sleeping and and eating better. But the fact of the matter is if you're building something and you're in uh, ramen profit mode at this point, or you're just getting on your financial feet, you know, you're assembling everything. It's not there to support you. You may have to make sacrifices with your hobbies or your personal life or your fun time to get that stuff built, especially if you're building a business for yourself. That's just the truth of it. Hmm. I'm glad that you brought up the whole focusing on your health time thing because when I started this, that that was like, like, are you insane? I, I Jim, I don't have time for that. That's like four <laughs> emails I could answer. Yeah. Uh, now, like, I, I'm trying, and I'm maybe not doing as well as I should, but trying to, yeah, focus on on that over just hustling because you can only do it for so long before you become like a burnt crisp. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I do not want to come out as like endorsing, not going to the gym and not eating right and not sleeping for the hustle. Cause that's not how I personally believe we learn and work best. I think we learn and work best when our physical hardware is in optimal working order. I'm just being a little bit realistic when you're building it, you're more likely to prioritize more work over all the personal things. So dude, it's all well and good focus you know but not too much focus or you know i I think they kind of get like the idea but um when you're in it i I think you can get it but you might not understand when you're failing at it what do you think the telltale sign is of someone who 
is maybe under the delusion that they're focused, but they're they're not, and they're doing themselves a disservice. I don't know, man. Well, I've never failed, so. <laughs> <laughs> Calm your tits, Thomas. Just kidding. Uh, that's a good question. I think it just comes down to self-reflection. Um, and I, I know like a practical way you can do this is if you keep a journal uh, and it doesn't even have to be like a touchy feely journal, just like a, at the end of every day or end of every week, you just write down, what did I accomplish and how does that measure up to what I set out to do? You know, it's all about, I think, deliberate planning and review. So it's kind of like this cycle plan to do and then do, which should be the bulk of your time. And then actually you have to go back and review what was done and see how that matches up and then you got to revise either what you are doing or revise your plans make sure your plans match up to your values so there's always going to be tiny adjustments you're making along the way but if eventually you're like man for the past like two months i have wanted to do thing x and i always get caught up doing something else well maybe there's an extra commitment you need to drop or maybe you're just working really inefficiently you know mm. try to pinpoint whatever is causing that disconnect I think you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> cool. Is that the bow you wanted? Yeah, that was the bow I, I wanted. On top of the box that is got the color, episode. got it, got it all, dude. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for listening to this episode full of lots of rantings and ravings by me. <laughs> if you've got questions, you can direct them to Andrew over at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Or to, I guess, both of us, because I technically have the login to the Twitter mm. at Money Matters Man on Twitter. Though you should probably just tweet me at Tom Frankly if you want to get a hold of me. I, I'm very bad at checking alternate Twitter accounts. It helps him with his focus too. If it just it does, it yeah. Bounces, yeah, yeah. These six tweet deck columns they really help him with my focus. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep them closed. I've actually been thinking about um, ways to like help my focus by maybe removing social media from my phone, but mm. I want it from when I'm traveling. So I think what I might do is just during the times that I'm at home, I'll log out of them because hmm. I don't know their passwords. So like it would take me forever to go into LastPass, grab the password, log in on my phone. Like I'm not going to procrastinate if that's what I have to do. <laughs> so I think that might be, that might be what that's I do. actually a good idea because you know, sometimes there's open up the app because I don't know. Every time I'm in the grocery checkout line, right? It's just like my thumb automatically goes to Instagram and Twitter. What? Dude, you're not in mint categorizing your budget and shit? I don't even have mint on my phone. Oh my God. I use mint. You're, so. a, you're a terrible personal finance well, I don't host. use mint because mint doesn't play well with two-factor off. Mm. So yeah. like I can't have like half my accounts in there because they keep getting errors. Which, which one are you using now? Uh, what? For what? For budget and stuff. I don't. Oh my God, dude. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't budget. I have automated systems and I have mm. savings goals and I hit those. And then I just keep tabs on what's in my accounts and I make sure I know what's going to be coming in. Mm. Like, I think once you build the framework, you don't need to micromanage. You're very tight on the wallet though. So maybe you can get by without a budget. <laughs> I'm tight on the wallet because I live in Iowa. <laughs> Is that why? Well, okay, let me put it this way. I don't look at prices in the grocery store. Mm. So like, but I'm also, I don't go out to eat that often. You know, I'm not like, hey, let's go spend 80 bucks on a meal at a restaurant. Mm. 
But like if I end up spending 60 bucks in a week's worth of groceries or something, it doesn't. If Laura and I leave a meal and it's only 80 bucks, we actually we stand up, sit back down and have a whole nother meal because like I feel like it's like half off freaking mind. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, when I move to Denver, I will live in a city with with more things to spend money on. As Mm. it stands, I'm in my boring house and I go rollerblading every day and that's free. So. I, I feel like I don't have to budget that often. All right. We'll talk about your budget when you move to Denver. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll do the post move budgeting episode. That'll mm. be a fun one. But that's like 10 months from now. So you got to keep listening if you want. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, the last two things I didn't mention if you want to join our community of money nerds, then listenmoneymatters.com slash join is where you can sign up and get into the forums. And uh, our toolbox full of apps and books and all sorts of cool resources is over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So that's all we've got. Thanks for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 